pens with them that you can they can help you to fill the envelope in with. Whilst the uh, the bucket's passed around now, I just want to introduce somebody who you probably know. Yeah, it's Duncan Lee. <laughs> yeah. Nice introduction. Good, brilliant. If you've got a Bible with you, I hope you have, because I'm preaching on the Bible, uh, as well as from the Bible. So um, so there you go. Um, I've got just a short space of time, actually, to, to unpack something more from our Strong and Courageous series, uh, which we've, this morning is called Transformed by Truth. Uh, and so this is week five, believe it or not, uh, of our series. Uh, and... Joshua chapter 1 uh, and verse 8, we're not going to read the whole chapter this morning, just going to read this bit. Uh, So Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. So we could argue from that now for us, that's the whole Bible. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So Lord, we just pray as we open this moment up from the word, we pray it will come with power. Lord, we pray you speak to our hearts that you would transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I remember when I was 12, probably actually more like 10 or 11 years old, Gideon, the Gideons arrived at our school assembly. I wasn't a Christian, not church background, uh, really had not been to church, thought that looked quite boring. Uh, and um, they handed out Bibles. Anyone else ever get one of those red New Testaments and maybe the Psalms? And in my head, what was going on was, that's interesting. What I can do is cut the middle out and kind of hide stuff in it. That, that was honestly, that, that was my, that was my honour of the Bible. That was, that was kind of where I was at. And, um, later I became a Christian, just a couple of years later, and, um, began to find out this book was really important and uh, then since uh, the last probably 15 years I've spent lots of time studying it and teaching it. Uh, so moving from someone who thought I could hide something in it uh, or maybe, I don't know, or who knows what else you could use it for, uh, to, to finding this book has directed my life, has brought hope in dark times, has fed my soul, has stilled anxieties, given wisdom in situations, helped me understand God's love for me, brought joy and peace and settled my heart. Uh, and so that that is what we're talking about this morning when Joshua, when God says that to Joshua about the book of the law not departing uh, from their mouths. Bible facts. Bible is the most read book in history. It's the most translated book in history. And it's the most best-selling book in history. In fact, around 44 million copies of the Bible sold every year. Uh, so pretty popular book. Kind of speaks into the significance of it. Uh, and But is it more than a bestseller? Is, the, is this book, which I still carry around... A proper version, uh, other than an electronic version. Is, is, it more than a, uh, is it more than a book? Joshua tells us how important uh, the word is. It's a book that will change us from the inside out. It's a, our vision statement is to be a transformed people that what? Transform the world. I, I, yeah, amen. Uh, and at the centre of that, this, this call to be disciples, to be learners, uh, to increasingly think and live like Jesus comes from allowing this book somehow to get from the page into our hearts. <laughs> and then, as we see, into our mouths and into our thinking. And so, um, you know, God isn't like a slot machine. It's not like, if, if I do this, God, you'll do this for me. But there are some things in the Christian faith that, that a bit like, if you eat healthily and exercise, generally you stay healthier than if you don't. And I think the Christian life is a bit like that. It's a, it's a actually do the basics and, and guess what? 
broadly speaking, you'll be healthy. Uh, and so feed on truth. Uh, probably parallel passage, Psalm 1, uh, which is a beautiful uh, psalm, those verses 1 to 4. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But listen to this. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Listen, he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever he does prospers. Kind of a parallel passage to to Joshua 1 actually uh, and verse 8. So feeding on the Bible is incredibly important to fruitfulness, to life, to, to flourishing. And so I thought it's, this is a challenging session because you sort of want to go into, well, let's talk about the reliability of the Bible and let's talk about why it's authoritative. And I'm not going to do any of that this morning because I've got 30 minutes. I, I can't, even at the speed I speak, uh, cannot do that. Uh, but our conviction here at God First is this. The Bible is utterly trustworthy, brackets, infallible, and inspired by God. It's enough or sufficient for teaching us what to believe and how to live. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand or he illuminates the Bible. That is our, that is kind of our statement of faith, what we would say here at God First. And that, for some of us, that might provoke all sorts of questions. Well, I'm not quite sure, uh, that's, that's how I see the Bible. I'm not, maybe there's other things. And there's loads of good material out there that I can point you towards, uh, that we can kind of highlight for you to take other moments and look at stuff. But essentially, I'm saying this, as the Bible says about, it, about itself, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness. Even Leviticus, okay? Uh, even, uh, even those parts of the Bible, all of it's useful. And so what, what I'm saying this morning is the Bible is the very word of God. And that's a huge statement in our society if you were to stand up and say that in certain contexts. That is provocative, that is inflammatory. Uh, and so as a church, we've got to know well, what, uh, how, how does that work? How do we know that? So some other study you can do as I say. But the Bible is not man's idea. It's not, God, it's not a good idea. It's God's idea. And so everything I'm saying flows from that, from that conviction. So here we go. Point one, the Bible is alive. And so if you've got your Bible or your phone, just hold it a moment uh, and uh, think about it. it. It's alive. Joshua 1.8 is saying, look, don't let, it, don't let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it daily. But be, so be careful to do everything in it. Then you'll be prosperous and you'll be successful. It, He's saying, God's saying, that this book is full of life. It's alive. It's, it, it literally is alive. <laughs> Hebrews 4.12 says, the word of God is living and active. So often I think of even preaching or reading the Bible is a bit like going into a, a, a boxing ring. You're going to get disturbed and comforted. <laughs> Maybe not in a boxing ring, but on a preach you should. You should be disturbed and then comforted from the word. It's living and active, Hebrews 4 says. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It, it, it releases life. It, let me put it this way. It, it cuts the noise and the debate and the self-justifying arguments, the pride, the confusion, and brings clarity to everything. That's what the Bible does. Because everyone's like, well, this is right to me in my eyes, and this is right to me. Actually, the Bible, you open it, says, this is God's point. This is God's view on it. And yet there's interpretation, there's ways to read it. But, but in terms of at its basic level, its basic things it's saying, it's saying important things. This is how you are saved. It's through Jesus Christ. 
It's through his blood and his death, his resurrection. It's clear. It's clearly articulated in here. And so it exposes lies. It exposes the enemy's schemes. It, it brings wisdom where we have no answers. It delivers hope and direction, rest and encouragement. John 6 says this, The words I have spoken, this is what Jesus says to you, are spirit and they are life. And so the Bible is not read it because good Christians read it. It's like you are opening something that brings life to you. Look at creation. When God speaks, stuff happens. <laughs> let there be light. Yeah, let there be stars. I mean, it's impressive, isn't it? Isaiah 55 verse 11 talks about the, the, the word of God never returning void or empty. And so when we read the Bible, I would say this, it, it, it is dynamite in the way that it's changing the landscape of our hearts. And that is how transformation happens, if we'll let it. When we listen to a preach openly, we're saying, let it, let it transform me from inside out. And Romans 10 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so the Bible is, is a doctrinal, theological book, but it's a lot more. Rick Warren puts it this way brilliantly, I think. God's word generates life, creates faith, produces change, frightens the devil, causes miracles, heals hurts, builds character, transforms circumstances, imparts joy, overcomes adversity, defeats temptation, infuses hope, releases power, cleanses minds, brings things into being and guarantees our future. We cannot live without the word of God. It's powerful, isn't it? Reading the Bible is not religious duty. It's life bringing. Job said it like this. In his context, Job, if you know your Bible, wasn't a good day for him. But he said this, I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. Amazing. In the context of suffering and, uh, and disappointment. The Apostle Paul said it like this. Now I'm turning you over to God, our marvellous God, whose gracious word can make you into what he wants you to be and give you everything you could possibly need. And so I put it this way, warning. (laughs) Many Christians are suffering spiritual malnutrition because the Bible is on their shelf and not on their lips and in their heart. And Joshua is saying, if you want to be healthy and flourish and have some bulk on you and be able to walk through life, sometimes where there's a headwind, open this book and read it and absorb it and live it. That's what Joshua 1.8 is saying. Speak it, meditate it. It's the only actually part of the armour of God that's used for offensiveness. He's saying, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the, it's the only part of our, the armour of God that, that isn't for defence. It's, it's to step into to use. Do you know it? You know, and I didn't have the, the joy of going to Sunday school, because by that time I, was, I, I wasn't a Christian that time. But draw swords, you know, who can, who can find the Bible passage? You know, that, that kind of reality and, and, and knowing the Bible and applying it. That's the way we, we wield it. We intentionally know it. Jeremiah says this, when your words came, I ate them. <laughs> They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so you could, Rick Warren puts it this way, he says you could look at the words through the Bible and say it's like a four-course meal. I think the scriptures will come up again, not, not time. This is a, hopefully to inspire this, us about this book again. But there's milk, there's bread, there's solid food and there's dessert in the Bible. And we're to eat a good meal of the word of God and see it that way. So it's alive. Secondly, speak it out. Joshua 1.8, do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. <laughs> So we're to, we're to speak it out. It, the, the word of God is designed to be spoken out. Guess why? Because it's powerful. Did you know that? And so you speak it to yourself. You speak it to others. 
And uh, you know, we, we talk in this church about look, we're gonna we're gonna make declarations. I think sometimes we, if we're not careful, we can get into or we just make we, we say positive things and we we educate ourselves to be positive. That's that's not what declarations are. Declarations are faith statements based in the Bible that are true, whether you've experienced them or not. That's a very different thing than positive talk. I'm going to say something nice. We're not talking about that. We're saying declarations. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit. In other words, I'm going to come to a situation when I'm in front of you and you're going to tell me something. I'm going to bring the, the biblical view to you and, and you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to take that. I'm going to write that on my mirror. I'm going to write that on, in, in my wallet. So when I open it, I'm going to put that on my dashboard. So I'm speaking it out uh, so that life is released. That's what happened with Gideon. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and spoke to him, mighty warrior, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, well, that doesn't feel like that at all. And it, 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 because God has seen the reality before it's a reality. And so it's a declaration of truth, even though it's not his reality. And so biblical declarations spoken over yourself, over other people, over a stubborn or difficult circumstance, uh, are releasing transformational truths. And what they do is they focus everyone on God and his truth rather than the problem. And if we could do that as a church, it would be fantastic. He said, I'm going to lift your sights to heaven. That's what Rod's Bible reading did. We're thinking up to heaven again. We're, we're seeing Jesus and he's the one with all authority. And so they focus our mind on what God says about something, his ways. And there's loads of examples. We could talk about how you deal with worry and apply that to that. There's not time. We we could apply that to finance. We say, actually, do you know what? God's not particularly disturbed by the fact that we need to do all this technical stuff to get water in. Because he's saying, well, I do own a cattle on a thousand hills, by the way. Now, that's in the Bible. He's saying, you know, that's a Bible truth. He's a good father. He's a good provider. This is an encouraging scripture. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. He does not change like shifting shadows. Whether God is not capricious or moody or changeable. One day is generous, the other day stingy because you haven't behaved. That's not the God we worship. And so we bring those truths to a building project. We bring those truths to, to, our, to our bottom line in terms of our, our own finance at home. To our mortgage or our, our income or our employment. And it's impossible for God to lie, the Bible says. So God, and there are some things God cannot do. Theological silence. And one of them is lie. He, he, he's not going to lie. And so when he speaks, it's true. And so you, when you open the Bible, guess what? You get God's breathed out truth. It's not, it's not Duncan's good ideas. It's, it's breathed out truth. And so biblical declarations. How about these? My prayers are powerful and effective. That's why when we say come to the prayer meeting and pray, it's got power. Not because we think it's nice to be together and it will be encouraging and we can stroke each other. We say, no, our prayers are powerful and effective. So when we pray, things change. Wonderful. Some of you, look, please look like you believe me. That would really help me. Yeah. What about this? I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. I'm a child of God. You'll know that all, all of these, I could give you scripture references, and they all have. If you want them, I'll email them to you. I don't need to worry about anything because God has got it and he cares for me. With God, there is always a solution. You think, oh, I can think of some things where it doesn't seem a solution. Nothing's impossible with God. There must be a solution. With God, I would always know what to do. <laughs> if any man lacks wisdom, ask God of wisdom and he'll give it to you. With God... I can do everything. Wow. Peter even walked on water, didn't he? With God, I will always have the resources I need to do what needs to be done. With God, everything can be turned round for good. They're just a few. Just, just 
picked a few. And so let's think about that and apply that to our lives as we think about the Bible. Listen to this. Thirdly, the Bible is my final authority. You know, let me say this. The Bible doesn't just have authority amongst other authorities. It is the final authority. And that is an incredibly provocative thing to say in our culture today. So in some places, people would want to shoot me for saying that. But that is the truth. That is what the Bible says about itself. Jesus quoted the Bible. So many angles we could go on this. And that's why Joshua says, or God says to Joshua, keep it close. If it's the final authority, don't, don't let it depart from your mouth. In other words, keep it close to yourself. And that's why, why God said to Joshua, think on it constantly. Meditate on it day and night. And that's why God said to Joshua, be careful to do everything written in it. When you decide the Bible is your final authority, everything changes because you begin to decision make and live out your life from a different place. And so sometimes I sit in counselling sessions as a pastor. I do do that, honestly. Uh, I don't just manage uh, and work on buildings with Andy Blick. Uh, you, you talk to people and occasionally you sit with people and they'll tell you something that they're facing and they'll tell you a direction that they want to go and you'll say, actually, the Bible says this and it's blatantly not right. Now, I'll take a little bit longer over it, uh, a little bit gentler, uh, but, but essentially that's what you're saying. So you're going one way, God says go this way because that's what the Bible says. And sometimes what happens is people add it into the mix of the conversations that they're having rather than, r- rather than apply the Bible to the situation. So if it means this, okay, I'll count the cost. And so what happens is it becomes a nice conversation with some nice ideas from a book that seems to have some, some nice things to say about some things, but actually on this issue I don't want it to say that. And so I'm not going to listen to it. And, and what, as you unpack that, what you find is people are basing their lives on other authorities rather than the final authority of the word. So, so you think, well, culture, everyone's doing it. Well, everyone's doing a lot of stuff in the world that's causing a lot of brokenness. But... but I want to do it, everyone's doing it. Or, or reason, it just makes sense. I've thought about it, I know the Bible says this, but I've thought about it and I think that's the way to go. Or, or tradition, I've always done it that way. Or emotion, it feels right to me. And so, so you find, it, we, we've got to help one another uh, to come to a place where we think, what does the Bible say? Because the Bible of itself says every word of God is flawless. Proverbs 35, 30 verse 5. So it's, if it's infallible, it's my, it's my compass. Not just for morality and ethics, but it's my compass for everything. And so as a teenager, I remember someone saying, read a psalm and a proverb every day and something from the New Testament. I didn't do it every day as a teenager because I was like every other teenager, but in lots of ways. But I, I did used to try and read through proverbs. And although I couldn't remember it, I, th- I think it took root. <laughs> and you find, oh, I, I'm... I'm I'm acting out of something that I don't even can't even articulate. But this, you, you read Proverbs, I and mean, it's incredible. Actually, it's a, it hits you in the face every time you open it. It's like, yeah. Anyway, I won't start quoting it. But it, but it's, it's like, yeah, that that is such a helpful book. Book, and so you begin to live from a place, a different, a different foundation. And so now you you have a benchmark for evaluating. The world is saying that. What does the Bible say? Or you have a source to go to for decision making. I have a moral compass. I I, I can objectively know what's right and what's wrong. Because I know about you sometimes emotionally I want to go one way. But actually the Bible brings me back to that. That's your emotion. This is is what God says. And so I just thought to throw out some questions. Which I thought were quite provocative. Who and what has the final authority in your life? Didn't have to put a hand up. 
When you're faced with a choice, is your first question, what does the Bible say? Or what about this? How do you respond when the Bible tells you to do something you don't want to do? Here's some examples, easy ones. Give, forgive, serve, lay down your life, correct someone, receive correction, be humble. <laughs> it's just, how, do you, how do you respond? Or how about this way? How do you respond when the Bible tells you to stop doing something you really like doing? <laughs> that's, that's hard isn't it I know it's wrong it's blatant but I, I quite like it it's like who's the authority who's the authority so, so you know when you're living under, under the authority of the Bible when you start to do what it says Joshua 1.8 so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you'll be prosperous and successful fascinating that, that as they're about to cross over the Jordan into the, and, and, and inherit God doesn't say sharpen your sword. He says sharpen your understanding of the word. Fascinating, isn't it? D.L. Moody put it like this. He said, the Bible was not given to increase our knowledge, but to change our lives. (laughs) The Bible itself says this, James, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. James is known for being long-winded, isn't he? Do it, get on with it. Jesus himself said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And then fourthly, before we use these hands that we've got on our, on our chairs, uh, meditate on it day and night. The Bible grows me up. It does. It, it grows me up. And I've said lots of this already. The promise of the Bible for the Christian life is that every one of us can keep growing. You know, elders keep growing Mature Christians keep growing. People who've walked with the Lord for 50 years keep growing. Because we, we, we are, when we come to faith, the miracle of salvation is that we are transformed from uh, death to life. That we, we become new creations. Amen? But also Paul says you're moving from glory to glory. That, that He says elsewhere you are holy but you're becoming holy. It's kind of this tension of I'm sanctified but I'm being sanctified. I'm becoming increasingly like Jesus. And so the Bible says this. And Jesus says sanctify them by truth truth your word is truth sanctify make holy there's a uh, Ephesians says to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word you know as you read this book it sanctifies you as you come across something I've got to stop doing that because the Bible says it or I've got to start doing that because the Bible says it it's a sanctification moment does that make sense and so Rick Warren says it this way the spirit of God uses the word of God to make us like the son of God that's great, isn't it? It's good on this stuff. Uh, and so a key way to grow is, is to allow the Bible to transform how we think. So Paul himself said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so you, you get the Bible open and suddenly you realise your perspective on things like God, yourself, other people or your circumstances is, is coming under the authority of the word and it, and it reveals some of the lies you might have believed. And that's a journey as a church we've been on about our own identity in Christ. Some of us are not understanding that we're sons or daughters of God through Jesus Christ. And so the Bible brings infallible and reliable truth to bear on our lives at the deepest level. As we meditate on it, as we keep it close, as we fill our mind. As we're like, put it this way, cows that eat grass and, and, and they, they ruminate it, don't they? They've got like four stomachs. They chew it and then it goes through their stomachs and it goes through another stomach. And that, that's what we're to do with the word of God. That's what we're to, to, to actually do. Uh, chew it, chew it, chew it. Meditate on it so it grows us up in terms of how we live. So if you've got that hand in front of you, I'm not really literally going to take a few minutes. You might have a pen. 
You can use that if you want. I thought, Sunday school moment, but actually it's quite, quite interesting. If you want to hold anything, I mean recently, I don't know what I did, I damaged my hand and it's, it's not been as strong as, as it normally would be. And what, what you realise is the way you hold something is you need all the fingers and the thumb, yeah? And, and this, this thing called the hand is a pretty complex thing. I, I remember as an occupational therapy, therapist, I had a six-week course learning about hand therapy, and by the end I was more confused than when I started. I honestly trust that. That's complicated. I'm not going to do that as a profession. I'm going to hurt someone. Uh, so, uh, so, but to hold something, to hold the word, you, you need to hold it with all, all, the, all the digits working. And so let's have a look at this. So you, you, and I nicked this off Rick Warren. So you, you receive it, the, the little finger. So you can write on the little finger if you want. Receive it. You receive the word. And you receive it in all sorts of ways. You're receiving it today. You receive it through some good podcasts. Just be careful what you're listening to. Think biblically. Do explore, but think biblically. Read the Bible through, uh, uh, receive it through reading it through, uh, through, and by that I mean if you're not a reader, get it in your ears and listen to it. Actually on the ESV app, free online, you can highlight it and it'll read it to you. So you don't even have to open it, you can, you can read it. Test what you're hearing about what you understand from the Bible. Interestingly, if you receive it, little finger, it says in the Bible that the Bereans, Acts 17, were eager to hear what Paul and Silas said and studied the scriptures every day to find out if the things they were saying were true. So I would expect many more questions from the congregation, from you as a church, about the things I'm saying. If you're going home and receiving it and thinking about it. James 1, 21. In a humble, this is the Amplified Bible, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. (laughs) <laughs> That's powerful. So, ring finger, read it. So, thank God for the printing press, seriously. Thank God for the reformation that took the Bible that was not even in language that anyone other than the professional priest could read uh, and took it and put it in a language that you and me, lay people now, can open a Bible and read it in our own language. Staggering. Many, many nations still, uh, many languages and people groups still not, do, still not have the book this book in their own language. We are incredibly blessed. 15 minutes a day and you'll read it through in a year. Chronological Bible, free with the ESV. Nicky Gumbel Bible reading apps, brilliant. You get a little bit from Nicky Gumbel and then a chunk of the Bible and he's just brilliant at explaining it. So, so stuff out there in ways that just wasn't before. So, so I don't think there's any excuse for anyone not to be able to read the Bible now and not to have some good solid input in the week. So I've just made a habit over, I think probably in my third year, of just reading the Bible chronologically. It's painful sometimes because you get behind uh, and you don't get into legalism but I, think, I just want to, I just want to get the Bible into me. Grand, grand sweep of it again and again and again. Then middle finger, research it. So study it. That means asking questions. Get a wide margin Bible and write in it. It's not illegal to write in your Bible. We have a different faith where someone's like putting it on the floor, oh that's a holy book. No, it's a, it's a holy book when it lives in us. Not, not in itself. Uh, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. So we, we take it and we say, I'm going to study that. I'm going to ask questions. Who? What? Where? When? Why? <laughs> What is going on? I read a bit of my Bible this week and I wrote in it, what? Because I literally did not understand it. And it was, it was, I thought, I've, I've got to, I don't understand it. I need to ask other people. And what do you think about it? I don't get that. How does that work? Uh, and so, uh, James 1, 25, uh, New Century Version says it like this, but the truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law that makes people free and they continue to study it. They do, they do not forget what they heard, but they obey what God's teaching says. Those who do this will be, will be made happy. 
So research it. Index finger. Remember it. Amazing. I could, you know, you could talk about this forever, but, but memorizing the scripture has benefit. It helps us resist temptation. Psalm 119 verse 11 talks about getting direction. Uh, same Psalm verse 105. It, it, when you memorize it, it's there when someone else needs it. It's like it's in your back pocket. It's like, this is what you need. Or, or when you need it, when you hit an issue at work or at home or family and marriage, you, you think, oh, I, I know the scripture, I can apply that. And then, thumb, review it. So I don't know if you've ever woken up in the night and worried about something and then struggled to get back to sleep. Has that ever happened to anyone? Therefore, you know how to meditate. Okay? So well done. You, you are able to, you, you understand how to meditate. And so, which, you know, worry is just focused thinking on something negative. Meditation is not empty my mind and hum like the, the, the Eastern kind of religions. It's, it's focused thinking on God's word instead of the problem. And so again, you're ruminating on that uh, and you're, you're thinking about it. Uh, what, what I would say is <clears throat> pick a verse that is relevant to the thing you're walking through. I've had situations like that in my own family where there was things we were facing. And I just, there were many verses you could pick, but I've picked a verse. And I tell you, that verse now lives in a way for me because it took root in that moment. It, it kind of took, so I can apply it then to other situations, but it took root through the challenge as I thought, actually, I'm not going to be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, I'm going to bring these requests to God. and tr- all that, that stuff, that type of thing. So, so what we're going to do, so we receive it, we read it, we research it, remember it, review it. I mean, just as I land this, as I've said, the Bible is alive, speak it out. It's our final authority. It grows me up and you've got your hands to, to take away. Uh, and um, as I say, if there's other resources that you want, please email. I'm happy to, happy to send stuff through. Uh, but, but as we do that, as we, as we think that through this, receive it, read it, research it, remember it, review it. Think of, a, think of one of those that you're not doing much of. And it might be, you know, I haven't really picked up the Bible and read it regularly. Well, maybe for you, it's, it's the little finger. I'm going to read it for a minute a day. That's fine. That's kind of where I started as a teenager. I'm going to read a verse. <laughs> this is better than no verses. Uh, but, but some of you might be, I'm, I'm definitely receiving it and I'm reading it. Uh, but, but I actually want to get really good at remembering some verses and applying that. Amen? So we're going to, going to pray and then I'm going to hand over to Andy. I know that's a very practical session, but, but it's transformational. Amen. Let's stand together. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for this stunning book. Lord, we thank you that it's full of all the things we've talked about today. And Lord, I pray that it would live in our hearts, Lord, that we would do those things as we receive it and remember it and review it and all of those things we've talked about, Lord. We pray that it would be like a double-edged sword that cuts through the, the, the talk and the, and the challenges that we, even ourselves, present, the, the lies we're believing, that truth would come. And Lord, we pray, would you impact us as we get a hold of the word. May, may we, as a church, actually be known as people who are strong in the word, uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Andy.